Hello, hello, my name is Tritima and this is TMR in your ears. Hello, welcome to April. So actually, before you listen to this podcast, please just start clapping for me wherever you are because I have finally learned how to rest. I will get into this later. But yeah, like this is the accomplishment of the century and you all need to hit pots and pans for me like the NHS. Hello everybody, we're going to be banging pots and pans and clapping today for the NHS and postman. So let's get into it. First of all, I'm going to dive into all the therapy stuff I learned uh my apologies and you're welcome but i feel like there's some cool insights i'm also going to talk about rosalia's new album which i'm obviously obsessed with i'm going to talk about a new scent i smelled so yeah lots of cool stuff so let's just dive in so i started therapy a couple of weeks ago it's been it was interesting the way i actually discovered my therapist was she made this video about trauma in African households and she went viral. She had said something about how you're not actually introverted. Your parents just kind of like messed you up and it was really, it caused a lot of mayhem on the TL. But I had, I've had her like down, her name down for years to do therapy with her. So it was actually really cool to get that opportunity. We talked about a lot of stuff. I'm not going to overshare here. You're welcome. But um, two things we did talk about was one, through the course of like sharing with her, I realized that a lot of the struggles that I go through is because I don't really know my why. So, you know, when you're born, you don't know shit like you were just a fetus like a couple of weeks ago. Your parents kind of steering the direction like their dreams for you. So they're obviously projecting and I feel like that's normal. And... Then, you know, as you start getting older and sometimes in an ideal world, what you want for yourself and what your parents envision for you like match, you know, other times in an equally, I feel like also really good setting, you discover you kind of want to shift gears a little bit and they're totally fine with that. And you guys are able to meet each other in the middle. And then there's situations where you're kind of like, hmm, I think my parents wanted the best for me and they're great parents, but as you grow up, you know, different intentions and different realities and you're just like, where do I go? Because everything I've ever known has pointed me in this direction and now I'm just feeling scattered. So I was sharing with her that I kind of felt like I was in that point in my life where I was being pulled in so many directions and I just felt like I was doing a lot of things without knowing why I was doing them or like feeling intrinsically connected to them and it was creating like a lot of disassociation oh i just went on my soapbox for a little bit so i shared this with her and she basically gave me a task to like find my why and the course of of trying to find my why i just decided that i had to organize all of the data all of my existence data is what i'm calling it so i had went on notion which is like this I don't know how to explain, but it's a thing, it's an app or something. So I went on and I kind of divided everything in my life into categories. Work, relationship, family, school. I didn't include my slide addiction with tiramisu, but yeah. Work, relationship, family, school. And I just like poured everything about those aspects of my life. And then I was thinking, okay, so how do I make sure that I'm not consistently overwhelmed with everything that I'm doing? How do I make sure that everything contributes to my why whatever it is and I created a a, like kind of like a mental Venn diagram and it was basically on one part of the Venn diagram by the way why was Venn diagrams as a topic so fucking hard in math class 
Like, it's not it's not that deep of a concept. You just, like, join two circles together. For whatever reason, and those horrible-ass professors were adding equations and shit to it. Okay, that anyway. Was? um, Who asked for your input, guys? That's Tay, my partner. I don't know why she is inputting here. Who's doing Venn diagrams in math class? Uh, African students are doing Venn diagrams in math class. I'll shut up now. Yep. Good. Okay. So, on one part of the Venn diagram, you have vision, which is how is this thing contributing to the vision I have for my life? So, is it add? Is it giving? Is it putting money in my pockets? Is is this relationship making me emotionally fulfilled? Is this friendship, you know, how is it creating the vision I have of like my well-rounded life? And then vibe. Something can be good for your for yourself. Like something can be good for you. Like give you money you need and make you feel like total fuck shit and parents have this thing where they're like or my parents would sometimes say you know you need to grind right now to enjoying the future and i'm like well what if i die people are dying every day there are so many young people that are just passing away like especially in the past couple of years i've been noticing anyway so what if i die and then everything has just been because when you think about the fact that our existence is inherently meaningless this is another thing i talked about my therapist life has meaning because we want it to have meaning where we're, we have survival instincts so we're not going to kill ourselves so we need to feel like we're doing something and, and she was like the only difference between us and like animals in the wild is consciousness we are conscious of the facts that life is inherently meaningless so we have to create meaning for ourselves so why would you spend all of this time that's already finite doing what you hate? You know what I mean? I feel, I'm, I'm a strong believer that life comes in phases. Sometimes you have to do the more difficult parts. But I don't think you should be doing anything that you hate so flipping much. If you can afford to anyways. So I created this Venn diagram to help me squeeze as much joy and purpose out of my activities as I can because as life is finite energy is also finite so it wasn't making sense for me that I was working like 6 a.m to midnight days and feeling at the end of the day just spent it wasn't making sense so I just felt like I had to do some evaluation and something else if you decide to go through this evaluation something else you should note is you're not going to do this every time you want to make a new friend every time you want to get into a relationship but i feel like if you ever feel like the ekg of your life is just going up and up and up please don't come for me this is not an accurate analogy i'm a half-ass writer speaker not a medical student but if you feel like you're always like grinding you're always hustling for the next thing you're always going 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 and it's not bringing you joy then maybe it's a time to just pull all the plugs and and i feel like by going through these kinds of evaluations it helps you make sure that all the parts of your life are in alignment hey guys so this is me in post-production and i realized that then discussing in the next segment i might come across as a hypocrite but i want you to keep two things in mind one i'm not a 40 year old man with two kids and loads of responsibilities and two I'm not encouraging passivity. I'm encouraging intentionality with everything you do. I'm not encouraging, you know, if you're not happy with something, just like 
drop everything and be a potato. I'm encouraging you to just make sure that everything you're engaging in is, you know, purposeful for yourself, but at the same time, having a clear sense of reality and responsibilities. Okay, happy listening. This in the cut about a couple is for this series where they interview people that have broken up, like they interview each party to kind of, you know, dissect what went wrong in the relationship. And I wanted to talk about it with Tay and yeah, just to get each of our takes on it. So I'll give you like a little bit of background into the story. The two people, the two parties, they're now 48. One of them is like a jewelry designer. I think I should introduce myself. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's I why we was like Tay and I was like... <laughs> oh, I just kind of assumed that everyone already knew you. Cause, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. So <laughs> I'm Tay. I'm Tay. That was it. So you just paused me just to say your your Tay, you know, so they can get used to my voice. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna be talking about this article from the cut. Um, it's basically about this couple. They're both forty eight now. They've been married for a few years. They met in college. They had like a bunch of similarities about being from a small town. She's like very ambitious, so she worked for this jewelry brand, and she went from working for the jewelry brand to kind of being like the CEO. He was like a finance guy. Shout out to finance people, and he's not really repping y'all very well. Yeah, well, <laughs> he did, he never really wanted to be on Wall Street. He wanted to. He, I think he sold like a, like T shirts, but it wasn't making that much money, so it was kind of sitting on the couch a lot, drinking beer. He kind of got depressed, and she was just getting more and more irritated by his presence because it's like, bro, you're in your thirties. You need to get it together. You have a degree. You can work in finance. And I feel like that's the tricky part about being an adult because when you have a partner, there is only so much tolerating that they can do. And also, they got married and kids came into the picture. And it's kind of like, yeah, like it's, you can be sad, but it's kind of it kind of feels to me that he had the, the option of being depressed and just sitting on the couch. And she's like, okay, I get that you're depressed, but like we have kids like you can't just like if I wasn't here so you just be on the couch drinking beer all day and the kids would not eat and, you know and even before like the kids came into play mm-hmm. like it's like dude like you're sitting on the couch I understand you're trying to find your lane or whatever mm-hmm. your spot in life you still need money but, for bills yeah but like I'm supporting our entire livelihood oh and then like, she had to ask her parents for money because obviously she couldn't support both of them and two kids and it was so embarrassing for her because imagine being married and stuff and you have to ask your parents for money. So I understand. I, I, I'm Obviously, if I haven't said it, I'm completely biased on her, on her side. Even though I do know how frustrating it can be to feel like you're a creative person and it's just not working out for you. But I just kind of feel like you need to make money. But you just you need to pay your bills. And another part of it was she knew, like, they went on this study abroad trip together. The whole time there, she was more attracted to the Italian men in business suits than she was to him. And he thought that was a trip of a lifetime. So I'm just like, for the fact that that disconnect existed, I just feel like they, the mistake she made wasn't divorcing him. I feel like the mistake she made was even getting married to him in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you. And, like, Tratima's biased on her side. I'm sort of biased on his side because, like... He's a bum. Let's be straight up. Like mm-hmm. he was a bum. Like I would never have my woman just like supporting our entire 
like entire life especially if we're married like my wife is supporting my entire livelihood that's jesus but like at the same time he's obviously like he was obviously like depressed like he obviously was in like these depressive episodes and there was nothing nothing he could do to pull himself out of it but she's over here supporting their entire livelihood so it's not like you know i wouldn't say i'm more partial i did say i'm biased earlier down but you are biased towards him okay i am biased towards him because i understand the whole you know like you you like he got his degree in finance he went there and he's like i fucking hate this bro like i hate it i completely understand that feeling of like getting a new job not because you want to because kind of you have to and then you just feel like it's so fucking soul sucking but he's not the first person to hate his job and i think this is a good i think this is a reason why you empathize with him because tay is very much a if i start working this job and it's three days in the job and i hate it i'm quitting yeah and i'm very much a like no i have to stay in there for a couple of months because you know professionalism and you know connections and Fuck you know professionalism. all that stuff it is 2022 if it's not bringing you joy let it go boo yeah but then what happens when you need to pay your rent and your mortgage and you, you get out there and hustle that's what i'm saying and that's i'm where the always disconnect. like you need a new job first that's where the disconnect is because like not, i wouldn't say the disconnect that's where i sort of veer off of his side because okay i get it you quit your job right you didn't like it whatever mm-hmm. i'll go out there and i'll do odd jobs to like to uh to like make up make money like make up for my bills catch up on my bills and all that and i'll go out there and do that but he's like literally just sitting on the couch and she's like if she said the woman brie she was like literally it felt like he just sat on that couch for like a whole year i could never do something like that i literally cannot do something like that so i'm biased on the woman's side because i relate with her i am very much about be about the shit like get up like you can't just because i don't really let myself be in depressive slums and i think that's like something that's i appreciate about myself like if i don't get a job or if i don't get something that i really want or i'll be maybe like pensive about it or moody just for a little bit i'm never i can't ever think of one instance where i've really wanted something and and i think maybe it's because i only apply or shoot for things i know i'm qualified for so yeah so this is where the part about alignment comes in because she already had started knowing that this is not going to be my person but she was basically kept in the relationship because of this whole he's a good guy like He's not what I want, but he loves me. He's a good guy. And I feel like women, especially in hetero relationships, get stuck in these patterns because society makes you feel like you're the asshole of the century. Someone being a good person does not mean they're the good person for you. And so this, to me, is like a perfect example of two good people just bringing out the worst in each other because they're just not aligned. Yeah, so let let us know what you guys think. If you read the article, it'll be linked in the show notes. I think it's a, it's a very good, you know, conversation piece. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'll be back on it, probably. Will you? Clap if you want her again. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Cue that Squidward meme. We have, to, we have to edit it in. I'm just kidding. Come on. Come on. You guys know I'm just kidding. I was just kidding. Come on. Come on. You guys know I was just kidding. Right? Okay, the book I'm reviewing this month is called Vagabonds by Elo Osunde. 
And you remember last time I talked about this book called Nearly All the Men in Lagos Are Mad. And I said how like everyone on Nigerian Twitter was talking about it. I feel like this book is even way more talked about. Because pre-orders came in a long time ago. It's been published for a while in the UK and the US. In the US. But like the conversations on the timeline are still going. There's even a Twitter page that talks like just tweets quotes from the book. So set in Lagos, Vagabonds is a novel in stories, which means rather than having one central theme, it's a bunch of mini stories or short stories kind of linked to each other. I will be honest, I haven't really found a way that the characters like blend into each other, but the common theme is each character featured is some an out societal outcast of some form so there's queer people poor people and this is nigeria um lagos nigeria like i said but it's kind of like the underbelly of lagos like the part of lagos where everyone is just buried under the social ladder the government doesn't even want to know they exist you know like the trenches of lagos basically and it's a very daring, imaginative book. That's one thing I really appreciate about her and Akweke Imezi, another writer. Um, they create worlds. Like, they base, they invent their own worlds, but within the limits and the guidelines and the... I don't know how to explain. Like, they invent their own worlds within the confines of our imagination, if that makes sense. They are creating things with queer people, characters, and and you know girls and stuff and somehow i don't know they are world bending and it's it's really fascinating the first thing i'll say the first real thing like review i'll give about this book is it's not an easy book to read there are times when i almost feel like i'm lucid dreaming because the language is so poetic so i'll read like a couple of pages and i'm like oh my god i just kind of got lost and i have to go back and reread um, but I don't think it takes away from the experience of reading it. I don't think it takes away. I don't think it takes it away. I wouldn't use that as a reason to knock it down or anything like that. However, it's not a book I would read to relax. And another thing that has come up is it's very nostalgia filled. There are parts where like one of the characters is eating vegetables with the periwinkles, and that really unlocked a core memory for me because I remember being really young and eating a goosey with periwinkles in it all the time you know pigeon is littered through the book there's folklore like there's that story about how nigerians lost to indians in a soccer match because indians use jazz i remember hearing about that story in primary school and just seeing it woven into the story was just so nostalgic filled from nostalgic um and even the title so i know a lot of nigerians can probably remember a time when oh come on get out you vagabond or something was used as an insult um and so ha it being used here as a way to discuss and almost empower the outcast that's being used to degrade is just such a powerful twist on words for me my favorite story i will say um the first one so not the first one but like the first favorite story is one called johnny just come and it's about this guy who is you know it's, it's almost like the classic you're living in the village. You get promised work in the city, but the person that promises in the work is like, hey, you have to pretend like you're mute because the boss you're working for, he has like a lot of secrets. And so he finds out that he's working for this guy who actually um, deals in organs and he has to pretend like he's mute. So he, the, the, the sons, the guy's um, daughters will say a bunch of shit like he would witness a bunch of shit and he can't say anything. And then one day, I don't want to say exactly what happened in case you intend on reading this book, 
But one day something really awful happens and he the weight of having to be silent about everything that was going on just basically swallowed him. I'm just going to put it like that. I actually wrote like a little reflection on this part of the story which I also link, but it just was a powerful reminder of how Nigerian society and I bet like a lot of societies in Africa and all around the world make you feel like if you just don't say anything you can just move on and if you don't say anything you're doing more more good than harm you're protecting yourself you're protecting your loved ones but it eats you up like the the, the, the weight of being silent about things that matter the weight of being silent when you are born to speak which is a power a paraphrase from the book it's it just eats you alive so it's kind of like a way of saying you can't just be quiet about important things because it's it's never the quiet is never as peaceful as you think it's going to be so yeah check out vagabonds there's a bunch of other stories um i won't get into much into it but i really do think it's a really really necessary book it'll challenge you in all the right ways and yeah check it out and let me know what you think Okay, Moto Mommy by Rosalia. So I first heard of Rosalia a couple of years ago because Cardi B was really, really hyping her up. But I don't think, I don't even remember. Oh, I remember. So the first, the reason why I actually started listening to her music, I went through like a really brief Selena phase sometime last year. So I discovered her because she did, like she performed in SNL and I only watched the SNL because Zoe Kravitz was like the host. I knew everyone was sucking Zoe Kravitz's dick before she tweet, she posted that Instagram caption about capital T, the capital S slap. But I really like Rosalia because first of all, her album is just so incredibly put together. There's salsa, there's an attempt at hip-hop, there is, you know, there's that amazing enchanting song with The Weeknd, and I don't understand a single word she's saying, but, like, the production, the creativity, it's just, the album is just such a really, just a really interesting listen, and even more so, almost more so than her music, I'm very taken with her visual brand. Her Instagram page is fantastic. I even saw this tweet where, like, the guy that worked on the graphics for the album kind of just showed, like, the thought process behind it. I feel like everything she's done, starting with flamenco pop and then kind of, like, introducing new sounds, I feel like she is really, you know, I'm not the biggest expert in, like, Latin artists. Oh, another thing, I found out she's actually a white woman from Spain. Did you guys know that? I thought she was, like, full-on Mexican. I just feel like I've never, even like the ones that kind of cross over to the West, like Bad Bunny, I just feel like they're not really doing music the way that she is or creating the kind of sound that she has created. Correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah, that album was very, very good. And it's the first thing I recommend. to newsletter so if you are listening to this you're most likely subscribed to the newsletter if you're not please subscribe so other two newsletters i've been reading and it's so interesting to me how newsletters have really taken off like they're literally the next wave of blogs nothing really dies in the internet world every app why do i go on these tangents god forgive me but every app or like every website that has died has evolved into something else myspace died but now we have other stuff like facebook um, Facebook is preventing themselves from dying by buying other tech companies. Musically died, and then we got TikTok. Or did it get combined into TikTok? Anyways, I really love newsletters. Um, 
And the first one I'm talking about is Kind Regards by Shepard Delon. She's launching a product and she is an outsider. She's a creative strategist, so she's not like a fashion designer. She didn't go to fashion school or anything. So she's been documenting the process of building a fashion brand as a fashion outsider while also creating this newsletter where she talks about work, you know, the philosophy and the culture we have around work, working women, and also infusing fashion. So by providing value to her audience and by also showing us like the literal work that's going into it we are more inclined to spend however much money she is going to call because she's creating a luxury jumpsuit which i've been wanting a work jumpsuit like a utility jumpsuit for a long time and i think that's kind of what she's creating so we're more inclined to spend the money because we've literally seen the work you know what i mean so i think her business like her model and her strategy is fantastic she also shared some of her sales model and i thought that was fantastic as well so basically they're going to develop one unit per quarter a unit is a functional selection of one to three garments that work well for that season of life you know like q2 you're getting a bit more relaxed in the work cycle so they're going to create stuff you can wear on a rooftop stuff like that and then you pre-order the units by putting a 50 percent deposit down and then with that they pay the factory and tell them hey we need x amount of units and then when it's done you pay the other 50 percent deposit so it helps you by splitting up almost cornering the payments for you because it's a luxury item and it's not, it is going to be pricey and also creating sustainability by not having a lot of um back-end stock i don't think they're going to be the fastest growing brand with this model but i do think it is going to help them stick to their ethos and it was just so fascinating for me and if you're interested in branding or a business or fashion like i really think or work or like the culture around work i really think you should check out this newsletter the second one i talk about i'm not going to spend so much time on it but it's donya taylor's newsletter she's really popular for dissecting a bunch of marketing moves like what kanye did with the stem player and how like why it is cohesive and why it worked so she has this newsletter where she talks a lot about personal branding and like social media and dissecting like campaigns and it's a really really insightful newsletter so i recommend it as well and the third one is hunter harrison's pop culture newsletter she's like a very popular you know uh, she's like a pop culture expert and she has this newsletter where she kind of rounds up all the memeable pop culture moments that's happened in like the past week and kind of gives her take on it or just like puts you up to speed it's almost like pop culture news um if you don't want to just go to twitter for that so i think you should also check that out two other things i also talk about first one is manro's perfume it is a cologne i try to include some things for the few guys that read and listen to this it has a very interesting smell it's almost floral there's geranium and a bunch of other stuff but the bottle is really almost romantic like romantic era 1800s looking very very interesting masculine scent i've really never smelled anything like it perfume scent to have this very alcoholic scent i thought it was very interesting so if you have 200 dollars to spare click on the link and check out Et- the man rose perfume by etro i'm also recommending this cajun salmon and cheesy asparagus recipes i technically made them in february but i haven't talked about them and they fucking banged and i paired it with the starter um tomato bruschetta on baguettes i don't know if that's the right way to say it but i also if you're looking for something to that's really easy to make for dinner check out these recipes lastly i'm gonna be talking about these white pants i bought from h&m i feel like those are all i wore the second half of march but like white pants they really go with literally everything 
and there's such a great addition to your closet they're such a good closet staple and i feel like we talk about lbdes and white tanks but we don't really talk about the importance of having white pants if you can keep them clean so i got mine from h&m i sized up and i tailored them i talk about tailoring all the time but if you're looking for like a great solid addition to your closet i would recommend you get a pair of white pants and two fashion people and youtubers i look that really inspire me in the sense are tuba avalon and sierra parker they're also linked in the show notes so if you need new fashion youtube recommendations i would really recommend them and with that we've come to an end the end of this podcast i really hope you enjoyed march's roundup please let me know your thoughts if you liked anything else please let me know if you'd like to have if you'd like me to do more conversation segments with people um, talking about different things i really i would make the conversation structured so it's not just like a flow of consciousness into your ears all fucking like for fucking hours but yeah that's all for march i really enjoyed doing this and i can't wait to see what april has in store